Hi, and welcome to another episode of that podcast. I'm Dave. And I'm Bo. How are we doing? I was just talking with people on Twitter. Uh, someone was talking about doing uh, special, interesting social media share cards for their blog posts. And I jumped in to say, oh, hey, we do that for our podcast. And so I looked at the most recent episode, and it was last November. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Uh, right now it's, you know, mid part, end part of September, almost October. It's, it's been quite a while since we've <laughs> last recorded. Yeah. We'll just call this season five or something. Yeah. Yeah. We could go back through and figure out what it is. A writer's strike and stuff like that. And Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, I think we explicitly decided over the holidays last winter to take a break for a while, uh, talked about rediscussing it this summer, and then this summer came and went. Um, but now we're here, so I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, definitely. Happy to be here. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I know a lot of stuff has happened for me over the last year. I think I think so. Some cool changes happened for you. You kicked off a project of some sort that wasn't technical, really. <laughs> well, kind of, yeah. It it it's uh, <laughs> it stalled out completely. Is that at the minute? Um, oh man, I shouldn't have brought it up then. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Um, it's it. I just lost a bit of momentum. Really, I, I was excited about it. I'm still excited about it in a way. Uh, but it was like, I, I mean, I was talking to you about it. It was I, I basically made this silly little um. They're they're uh, tins about the size of the whole pack of cards, uh, and I'm trying to <laughs> ridiculously. Might, uh, I'm trying to sell uh, sawdust to woodworkers. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, greatest could be my greatest achievement ever if I if I manage to. Um, I, I, there's a there's a hashtag people use on Instagram called uh, sawdust is man glitter. Uh, so yeah, I've got a tin that says basically, uh, basically says sawdust is man glitter, uh, with a nice picture of a what's actually was called a Ruba workbench. Um, some French guy, probably in the 17th or 18th century, designed this workbench, and uh, the, the the design has kept going for so long for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. It's a quite famous design, um, and that's all printed on the front. It looks kind of nice, and yeah, I'm gonna I put it up on Etsy. And I'm gonna try and, but what I did do is I, I took one photo that was okay. I spent so long trying to work out, trying to get the lighting right and things. And, and I was like, oh, what I need is like a light box, you know, like one of those boxes that it's like, you can buy them on Amazon. They're not too expensive. It's like canvasy sort of material cube with the LEDs to make. So you've got light, nice. Uh, what do you, what's, what do you call a light when it's not soft light, diffuse yeah, light, diffused, that kind of thing. And, and I was like, and I started going and I was just like, oh, Dave, stop it. Just, <laughs> you know, wait until it's a sunny day mm-hmm. and a sheet or something uh, just outside or near a big window. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And so, yeah, I, I've just stalled out on that, taking taking nicer photos, if you like. Um, mm-hmm. I need to work on the description. But then we see once I had some nicer photos, I'm going to try and put some uh, pictures on social media and things. But, yeah, I've just not got around to it. Like, it's nice. not really money-making venture. Uh, it was just a bit of fun um, mm-hmm. uh, getting the design done. Uh, getting the tins, sourcing the tins, getting the tins printed. Uh, so yeah, they're just sat on the shelf there. I mean, I've got one right here. Look. You can see it, Bo. Nice. Yeah. That's of... awesome. I think the the closest project I have ever come to to that would probably be my short lived uh, thought to do air plants for devs. Uh, for I had, I wasn't even sure what I was going to do with it beyond the name and air plants <laughs> uh yeah that would have been a nice little interesting venture i can't remember who it was but I, I remember seeing someone recently doing some small woodworking thing on the side i think it was woodworking and they were making custom boxes or something like that uh it you know it does seem like it could be fun to venture into something more hands-on uh out, you know, it, just to do something fun, maybe, like you said, maybe it doesn't make a lot of money, uh, but it's just something that you can do in your spare time. And yeah, well, that's it. It was, it was just to do with what I'm with the. I'm enjoying my woodworking still. And one idea I had. Um, so one of the things I made a while ago with my woodworking is something called a mox and vice. A mox and vice is quite a wide 
advice. Um, and usually, sort of, it's not attached to the bench. The one I've made, it's you would attach it when you need it to a bench. Mm-hmm. Um, and I followed a couple of well, I looked at a couple of tutorials and watched a couple of videos on YouTube. YouTube's where I get most of my stuff. And um, the one of the YouTube videos I used. Um, he got his hardware from McMaster. Is that a site in America you're familiar with? No. We just, I mean, I... yeah, we just don't seem to have the the equivalent in the UK mm. selling at least, even if they do sell the similar sort of things, they're much more expensive. So I found it really hard to source the hardware for this at a reasonable cost. Mm-hmm. Um. And one thing that I noticed that there are people in the States who sell kits to make this kind of ice, and they're just selling you the hardware, and it's like bring your own timber or lumber, as you might call it. Um, and I thought about doing that in the UK, because if I buy bulk at some of the places in the UK, it does bring the price down. I'd have to buy in quite a lot of bulk. Right. But it is something I could probably sell quite easily. It's you know, It's quite a small package. It's heavy, so it costs in shipping. But if anybody else did want to do build one of these vices, and they got they had the option to just get all the gear from me in one go, and then I'd bring their own wood. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it'd be quite cool. I just don't know how many people would be interested. Yeah. Uh, but then once I've got the kit, I could also then make a video and it to put on YouTube of me trying to make one best I can, <laughs> <laughs> but with the added angle that it's UK focused because, like I say, there's plenty of people doing it in the states and things. Uh, right. Are plenty of people doing it elsewhere, but actually getting this specific hardware in the UK was mm-hmm. different. And it was, it was the interesting thing was these um, uh, washers. They were two part washer. Um, and let me get this right: the outer part, so there's a con- concave part and a convex part. And the concave part was a wider, ho- a bigger hole than the concave, convex part. So this allowed, um, if you imagine two side, two sides of the vice on a, on a thread and bolts, so you can move one side in, not as far as the other. So they don't have to move parallel because the washers actually allow for, I think it's about ten degrees of movement on either side. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and those those washers were quite, well, not not they weren't too difficult to find, but the place I ordered them from, they're the kind of place where you know. Um, some sort of engineering company or machine company would order 2000 of these things, you know, rather than just Dave and Garage. Yeah. Ordering one or two. So, yeah. um, Yeah. So I, I I don't know if I will pursue that, but it's a nice little idea. And again, it's something physical that I could sell rather than Mm -hmm. in digital things, whatever. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's something that I've been, kind of uh, been excited watching happen in your world is see you sort of get excited about those sorts of things. Yeah. um, It's such a context switch. It's so nice to go out. So my garage now is actually fairly well laid out. I've got a decent sized workbench. I'm starting to get things tidy. Um, I'm starting to get a collection of tools. I always need more. I'm like at this constant trying to control my edges to buy more tools uh, Mm because I just want everything all the time. Yeah, um, I've in fact I've got I've got a whole new notebook just for my woodworking ventures, and the page it's open at the minute is my tools hand tools wish list list. <laughs> you can <laughs> nice. see it's right on my desk next to me. It's one of those where I think if I write it down on the wish list, it also gets it out of my mind a bit, so I stop thinking about it. Yeah. Speaking of uh, wish lists and and uh, paper. Um, I've I've gotten back on the bullet journaling bandwagon, and I've actually done a really good job this year of sticking to it. So much so that I think I had a three, maybe four month streak with no meaningful break. So I let myself splurge a bit, and I I imported a new journal from the UK. Actually, <laughs> very nice. Yeah, they don't have this size. They don't have the A. I think it's A4 is like close to letter size in the U.S. Yeah, um, they do sell A5 and A6, and I've actually used one of these as A5, I believe. And so I really wanted an, an A4 to try it out. So I ordered two of those from Col- 
Cult of Pens or Cult Pens, one of the two. Uh, and yeah, so I was really excited about that. And you talking about the these different tools and these different things, I'm like, you're speaking a completely different language. <laughs> and you're saying, you're, you know, you're talking about these things like, you know, a specific type of workbench design from like, you know, however many years ago. And it reminded me that I was talking to uh, my friend Josh and I was telling him about my new journal. And he said, you know, I'm sitting here programming, I'm, I'm coding and I'm playing a online game that's 20 years old. And I think you sound like a nerd. <laughs> uh, so I was having the same sort of, th uh, same sort of thought and I'd, I'd like it when uh, I get to know people well enough to know that their hobbies are super exciting to them because I don't understand what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. It could be a lot more fun that way. Yeah. But yeah, the, the bullet journaling has been pretty awesome. Um, I've been trying to do a lot more stuff with like creativity level things. It's trying to do more with drawing and art. Uh, I was going to hold this up for you. It's my spray can that I did yesterday. Uh, I saw it on Instagram uh, already. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've been doing, I've been doing a online class with someone out of the UK, actually. Uh, we met him when we were living in the UK. And since then he's been doing in-person classes. And then earlier this year, he moved to online classes to do those as well. And so it's been a lot of fun. Um, before school started again, Luke could join us. And so I'd say for maybe two or three weeks, he was able to join us over the summer. But since then, it's mostly been me. And I've been loving it. It's, I guess, art and drawing and playing with paint markers is is my woodworking at this point. So it's, yeah, been, absolutely. it's been a lot of fun. Oh, and my journal, I was telling Beck, I'm like, I'm on page 47 of my new journal. And this is only like two weeks worth of stuff because I've uh, started to use it way differently than I had in the past. Uh, I'm really starting to get a better idea. This was like one meeting's worth of notes. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm incorporating more things. I'm not being, I don't know if dogmatic is the right word about doing everything in pen. Uh, like, you know, there were some of, the, some of the core bullet journal rules, if you will. And I'm kind of letting some of that go, which has been a lot of fun because, it, you know, some things look great. Some things are literally just, you know, scratched in with pencil really quickly. And it's, it's, it's made it been able for me to actually follow through with it for, I think, four or five months at this point. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, mine looks horrendous. It, mm -hmm. it never is never look never looks good but i've pretty much been in the same format that i've come up with like of the, the, like two pages is my week and mm -hmm. i've been at that format now for more than a year i think and you know it i can look back in my, and it looks looks almost the same it's it's a scruffy mess but yeah. it's working and i keep doing it you know and it it keeps me getting me through my days in terms of what i'm doing what i've done keeping track of a few uh, things on a, on a, you know, uh, on a habit type style tracker. Yeah. Well, in fact, I've, I've changed from habit to, I'm now on traffic lights from a habit, habit tracker. Cause I kept thinking, I kept feeling I was cheating myself a bit. Like, you know, if I had a particular habit that I had to do for the day, I you know something I have to do every day in like five minutes, I was getting my, giving myself a tick and I'm like, oh, come on, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now I'm on traffic light, so I'd only get an amber if it's only half an effort. Uh, but yeah, uh, nice. Yeah. So is that is that a like an application, or is that like no, in I, your I, journal? In my journal, so I draw okay. a, grid, a grid for the week: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and there's five or six things. Uh, the title is uh, "No Zero Days," as in without fail, I have to do at least one of these things you know, successfully. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, it, and it's, it, it's a little bit of a misnomer because I don't include things like my work, you know, my, my work is without fail. I don't include things like playing with the kids because that's just, that happens every day without fail. You know, there's no, I mean, unless I'm yeah. away or whatever, but, um, but it's other sort of extra things like the, the little things that just push me on a little bit. Uh, so things like um, exercise is one of them. Um, mm -hmm. uh, spending quality time with Rebecca because, 
family people, I, I'm sure you know when you when you've got the children uh, and everything work and everything else going on in your life, it's quite easy let that let that kind of thing slip. So yeah, uh, so things like that go in there, and I, like I say, try and definitely know. I need at least one green every day, but try and get as many greens as I can. So. That's awesome. Yeah, I've gotten into a, I would say it's a good habit of doing intentional time hanging out with Beck. Uh, we do, generally it's on Wednesday, so earlier today, uh, we had a coffee date. And it's not so much a date as it is just a time for us to sit and intentionally talk about you know, whatever's going on, questions we have, uh, because yeah, it's otherwise it's really easy to have one day blend into the next and never really have a chance to talk. You know, it's, it's not even like about important things sometimes, but it, you know, it's just a, a, a time for us to just communicate, which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, and particularly like, as you, you're particularly lucky that you can do it during the day because we find, I mean, I'm a bit of a night owl, but Rebecca's not. And and even for all I'm a night owl, you know, I can concentrate quietly on work things on the night and don't necessarily know if I want to sit down and talk or definitely don't want a coffee at late, mm-hmm. late at night. <laughs> so mm-hmm. by the time you've got through everything during the day, school, work, the children, kids' activities, getting the kids fed, getting them to bed, clean, if you're lucky, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't leave you much time on an evening, especially when you're feeling tired, especially when there's footballs on or whatever's on, you know, uh, one of us wants to watch something on TV that we, you know, we always watch or whatever that Mm -hmm. might be. Um, So yeah, that uh, penciling in time during the day is a lucky, I think for us, uh, but yeah, it's definitely worth doing. Yeah. It's, it's kind of coming on over the summer. um, Our ability to do that. Uh, We've had to rely a lot on video games for Luke mm. uh, just to get him some social interactions. So if we know when that's going to happen in advance, then it's made it easier for us to be able to schedule time. You know, and it's it's range anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes to an hour and a half on some days, if, that, if that's the way that it, it shakes out. But yeah, it's it's super important to be able to, to do that. So I'm, I've been pretty thankful that we've had that now that he's doing school. Um, that's been back and forth a couple of times too, but currently um, they're doing uh, synchronous school. And so he's seeing the teacher live because there's some students in school. He's not. Um, and he's doing a really good job of like sticking to it. So like he can go in, uh, Beck does a lot of help, but he is able to just sort of be in class virtually for, you know, an hour at a time or whatever. Um, so yeah, we've, we've been able to work it in and we know, I know that we're very fortunate to have been able to do that. Cause I, th- I think, you know, even though you're working from home, you know, it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy for you to do that sort of thing during the middle of the day. Sure, yeah, true. Yeah. Don't, uh, yeah. Don't, definitely easier than people who have workplaces, yeah, so they both go to then. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's still not always easy from home is it, either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, between art and that's basically been the main thing. I've been trying to cut back on social media a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that is mental health related. <laughs> just the it, there's just a lot going on. There has been a lot going on since last year, and just ongoing. And eventually I realized that I need to take a step back and it's kind of difficult because for wanting to stay relevant in other people's brains and wanting to keep a pulse on what's going on in various online communities, whether it be PHP or DDD or whatever, it's hard to still feel connected if you're not actively looking at things happening as they happen. Um, I don't know. I I know that you're probably a little more balanced than I am or have been in the past on social media, but that's, it's been difficult for me to even thinking about the podcast, like trying to think about, okay, we're going to have to, like, I haven't logged into that podcast Twitter feed (laughs) for probably almost a year. 
and to get back onto that and start posting stuff and paying attention so that if people write back, um, just to be able to, to engage and stay on top of things, uh, I think I may be a little more able to uh, moderate my online stuff now that I've sort of taken a step back. So I am looking forward to seeing how well that goes, but it is something that I've been actively working on this year. Yeah. I mean, it's really weird, isn't it? I, I, I'm I'm quite out of the loop with a lot of things in terms of keeping to date with technologies, communities and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think um, it's one thing, I mean, I definitely miss uh, RSS aggregator type things for that because that's how I would have kept up with things, you know. Yeah. don't particularly like things like Reddit just turn into a cesspit. Yeah. Um, and I know you could, you know, ignore the comments, but even so, the way things get up, voted up and down in there is uh, difficult. I mean, what, what I tend to need is, um, you know, a really decent sort of newsletter aggregator. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who's going to curate content for whether it's DDD or PHP or whatever. Um, but yeah. it's kind of, sometimes it's quite hard to find something that co- covers the niches that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I I'm I'm much the same as you. I dip in and out, but it's a really quick glance. And to be honest, I think I'm still. I don't know how Twitter works now, but I use the official apps, and I'm pretty sure at one point, like you could tell the timeline you wanted it to be chronological order. But then, like next time you went to the site, it'd go just go back to there. Like, so I think I gave in even bothering with that, and I think I'm just letting the algorithm show me. And to be honest, from from what the algorithm is telling me, the content I'm consuming the most of is like stupid parody things and you know <laughs> comedy things or like yeah. i follow like a 90s wrestling thing that just posts nostalgic video clips i follow mm. 90s football and they post nostalgic video <laughs> clips and just rubbish like that but um so yeah i'm i'm not i'm not i don't miss it if i'm honest yeah um, i do part, i do part, feel like i'm out of the loop sometimes but part of the the detox that I've put myself through has been removing any of the uh, native apps from my mobile devices. So I only consume through the actual web interface. And so that's exposed me to the algorithm that you're talking about more so than, you know, some of my favorite clients in the past. I've also found the clickbait sponsored stuff to get me more often than I'd like to admit. Mm. And it just, I get so frustrated because I'll find myself getting suckered into clicking on something, thinking that somebody I know thought this was interesting. But really it's just because my silly brain is just like everybody else's silly brain thought that this was an interesting thing to look at. So that's been kind of frustrating and annoying is making that realization that I'm act- I'm actively clicking on promoted links <laughs> and not meaning to. Um, Something one I'm... of the other side effects of my social media c- consumption, um, I've been actively trying to uh, in- increase the diversity in the voices that I follow. And that has had, I think it's had a really good impact on me in terms of uh, seeing the broader picture. And I've, I've never told anybody this, and this, I feel like this is something I could get skewered over. Uh, but man, the world is is negative. <laughs> when, when you start looking at how other people's lives are being impacted by politics or regional things or whatever, um, culture, um, to to the point where even if I'm following diverse vices in technology, I don't feel like my feed is full of technology very much. Like a lot of it is controversies, struggles, hardships. um, And like, I, I feel like doing a, like say like a Twitter follower bankruptcy thing and just remove everybody that I've followed um, but I feel a little guilty about that <laughs> because, you know, there's like, I'm, I I want to be responsible and be aware and 
um, promote other voices than would otherwise be promoted. And to, to just kind of say like, nah, I'm just going to get the content I'm interested in now. <laughs> well, you, it's one of those, well, you, you're well within your right to do that, you know? Oh yeah. I, I know that like you got it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good for all of us to have an insight into how other people live because I mean, I know I'm quite lucky in the, the area I live in, the, the, the house I live in, my job, uh, my, the school my children go to, things like that. I, I know I'm I, I know I'm lucky, but I do need reminding on quite a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you don't it, it definitely doesn't have to be in your face all the time. Yeah, and if, especially if it starts affecting you in a in a negative way, then you know, uh, all these. Things, uh, I don't I don't think you, you you're not being overly selfish there. It's, you know, yeah. It's not you're not putting your head in the sand completely. It's just you know, but you don't have to have it thrown in your face all the time. I I understand that. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's one of the things that I think I've I've felt coming for a while, um, but it is something that you know I I have reasons why I might not, and just haven't haven't followed through with it yet. But as my as my need to start doing more online stuff again, or, you know, media stuff again, I feel like I'm, I'm going to have to cross that bridge sooner rather than later. Uh, because I, I do miss being able to interact with other people too. Um, and, you know, I feel like I need that social interaction. I don't know about you, but for the last six to eight months, I felt very isolated and, not being able to have regular online communications with people I, I had in the past, I think has been a little bit, uh, it's, it's been difficult for me. Uh, it's the same reason why we're letting Luke do a little more online communication than we might in other situations, because he needs that social interaction with his friends. He's not going to get it otherwise. And would we rather have him go play outside with his friends after school? Sure, <laughs> but reality is that's then that can't happen right now. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'm, I've been the opposite. If anything, throughout the whole debacle, I've had more social interactions with some people because I've been doing online gaming. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you've seen uh, Call of Duty Warzone; it's free. Uh, I think you like, were telling me about it over the summer, maybe. Yeah, it's like the Fortnite equivalent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. for call of duty and so i've been playing that with my 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 brother and our friends from school so these are people i've known for well a long time mm-hmm. <laughs> like 30 years um yeah all, all my life really for my brother um and it's so rela- and it's even different to to social interactions on things like social media with people who i think i know but i don't really know if that makes sense, you know, you know, when, uh, when it's somebody like that, I mean, particularly family, my brother, you know, there's no guards, there's no, yeah, there's no, you know, we can say whatever we like to each other and not really offend each other. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? You know? Yeah. 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 Um, and lockdown, particularly in lockdown, my brother was a teacher. Uh, my friend, my other friend, Jim's a teacher. So they were off work completely and they were doing bits and bobs here and there, but not really working. So, uh, we were staying up super late playing every night. Um, so I was talking to them a couple of hours every day, which I hadn't done for years. Yeah. We used to play Call of Duty like that 15 years ago, maybe not 15, mm-hmm. 10 years ago, whatever. Um, so yeah. So if anything, that's probably why I've not really been missing anything like social media because I've had those kind of interactions. Uh, and yeah, I know what you mean about Luke um, with the online gaming stuff. I mean, I know, uh, so we actually bought the kids iPads earlier during lockdown because they were doing more and more online school from school work. They, they, they were both amazing with the homeschooling. Um, mm-hmm. Just the just the the work ethic, and as long as you keep them and keep it interesting, that would too will just keep working. They're really happy. Uh, so we got them an iPad, and then that actually meant that because a few of their other friends have got iPads. 
um, doing a what's it called iMessage and yep. and the FaceTiming and everything was all. So they were actually able to speak to a few of the friends like that, and they were yeah. playing. They've played Minecraft. They've played. Uh, ro- they played loads of Roblox at the minute, which annoys me. Uh, for some reason. <laughs> why? Why does it annoy you? Um, there are many reasons. <laughs> I think part of it is as a parent, it's really annoying in terms of the scope of how many different games there is on Roblox. Uh, yeah. I haven't even looked at it properly, but like. My understanding is it's like they provide this sort of platform to build these micro, um, what what do you call it? Not micro economy, but there's micro transactions in all these games and then there's Roblox yeah. and and people who design games and but like I mean one of the one of the games they played was some sort of home invasion game. They both nearly had they both ready to have nightmares before they went to bed. I was like, well, what? 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 So, but I didn't know they were playing this. Particular, I knew they were playing Roblox. But I yeah. haven't seen they were playing this. And I mean, the other one they do is like a murder mystery. And that seems to, hasn't bothered them yet. But there is, you know, it is a murder mystery in the same, in the way of, um, we call it Cluedo. What do you call it? The, the board game is, you know. Uh, it's called, yeah, it's called Cluedo. Cluedo yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm just waiting for that to sort of manifest it in some of the, you know, bother them at something or other. I don't know. Yeah. yeah and also the noises that some of the, because, Again, it's like these weird games and these these weird noises when I'm trying to work. It just irritates me. I don't know why. Yeah, so I I am with you pretty much one hundred percent. I don't think I'm like super frustrated with it necessarily, but I don't I don't get it. Beck understands it a little bit more because she's around them while they're playing more, but the. The premise, as I understand it, is it's, a, it's like an open world gaming platform. And so there are a bunch of different versions of the same game, basically, uh, sometimes just with slightly different skins. Like, mm. uh, but he's playing one right now about building an airport. So, Ed, is it, theme, is it like theme airport? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. That... So he can build, you know, a tower, he can buy an airplane. Uh, he, he, I think he has like 12 airplanes now. One is a hangar that he can park him in. Uh, he, he made a airline lounge for the fancy people. Uh, he was, he was doing a, it was like a, a restaurant game for a bit. So he was leveling up his chef to go from mac and cheese to sushi or something. Yeah. I, it, I mean, it does, it, it does sound kind of interesting, but the fact that it's completely open world does mean that um you know there i think there are people moderating it i think there are people trying to make sure that inappropriate content doesn't show up but that's i don't think it's it's not perfect by any means and um yeah just you know one of his friends says hey let's try this and it's something completely inappropriate we we wouldn't know luke might not even know until he was into the game that there's troubles, you know, tr- yeah. uh, problematic pieces to it. So I don't know. It, it's it's fine for right now, but yeah, it's and as far as the noises, I don't know if that's necessarily bothered me specifically about that game. Um, but the some of the concepts or plots or, or just the whole premise of the game, it does seem questionable as to the. Yeah, uh, necessity. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know the details. I know the kids like it. Yeah. I do know sometimes it causes squabbling between our two, like, and mm. um, particularly with games. Um, Rowan's more of a gamer than Evie, um, and he he adapts them far quicker. Mm-hmm. So there's quite often squabbling in terms of Evie wants help, and Rowan's prepared to give help, but it's the most minimally viable amount of help he could possibly <laughs> give before he moves on to whatever he wants yeah. to do and it does sometimes cause arguments um which we, we which i haven't seen in things like minecraft or yeah in minecraft it, the thing is with minecraft we always say it's like lego you know if you break it you just build it again yeah in, you know and if that's pretty much what happens in minecraft you know one of them might break something the other one's constructed crafted whatever yeah. and you just fix it whereas in roblox there's like a little bit more I don't mm-hmm. know. But yeah. With Minecraft, it's been interesting because Luke's 
uh, skyrocketed past me in terms of uh, skill and ability to focus on certain tasks. And I know that like early on, he was afraid to go hunting for monsters because he didn't want to lose his stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's the part of it, right? Like going to do something interesting and fun and taking a risk. Um, well, now we're at a point where he wants to go fight the Ender Dragon. And Daddy doesn't want to spend 40 minutes collecting the stuff, another 30 minutes running to the portal and or the, the running to the village that has the portal, finding the portal in the basement, and then, you know, dying from the Ender Dragon after two minutes, losing all his stuff, and then having to run 40 minutes to get back to the game, <laughs> to get back to the fight. I'm like, how did that happen? <laughs> I feel kind of bad about it, but uh, so I, I, he's he's been very adaptive. And he'll do things like get things ready for us in advance. They're like, oh, yeah, I, I, I have two chests right by the portal. So if you die, and there's a bed there so you can sleep before we go. Uh, so he's like getting to the point where he's like planning these little campaigns for us, which really makes my life a lot easier. But <laughs> it is just kind of ridiculous, though, that we've had this flip flop from, I don't know, less than a year ago, probably. Have you done much Minecraft yourself? No, not really at all. Uh, little bits here and there, but it's usually just to help them when they've been. But I mean, our two don't even do that much in terms of survival mode or anything. They just like building and they just go in creative mode and just yeah. build stuff. I don't even know if the what they do in terms of fighting things or yeah. whatever. I don't know. Luke's pretty pretty on board with pretty much everything. So he he'll he'll get into creative mode. Uh, sometimes and just make like a massive roller coaster, which is a lot of fun. Or he'll start experimenting with like the redstone to make contraptions. Uh, but he also does like doing strict survival mode as well. Like we're gonna we're gonna start a brand new world. We're gonna see how far we can get in in three game days or whatever, uh, because that those first three days or five days or whatever are really fun because you don't have anything. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, how quickly can we get a diamond from nothing? is is something that he likes a lot and i've found that i like mining i don't like mining for a purpose necessarily it's just really soothing to just mine <laughs> i could mine for like half an hour just hear a little you know just uh becca laughs sometimes she's like what are you doing and i'm like mining she likes she likes the noise too when she she hears it meanwhile luke's off doing some complicated thing now and i every once in a while he'll call me out like hey dad can you come help or hey can i come mine with you and then that lasts for about five minutes and then he wants to go do something else again and yeah i don't know it, it, it's fun but I've, I've definitely not been playing as much lately because uh, he's since he's ramped up his playing with friends uh the necessity or desire to have dad play has, has kind of diminished a bit because yeah. they have so much they have so much more fun doing like kid things uh but he still does like to play with me sometimes so i gotta i gotta actually have minecraft monday on my weekly spread every week and sad to say i'm more often than not actually doing it but that doesn't have as much to do with me as oh, i told you know i told so-and-so i was going to play with him tonight like, yeah all right i guess daddy will go work guard <laughs> <laughs> go go work on my computer for a little while um, but yeah he's a great little guy and i wish i could do more gaming stuff with him i kind of yeah. want to do some programming with him have you done any programming with your kids yet not a whole lot we did um the last thing we did was do there was this um little raspberry pi kit wow okay. uh, they, they got to put together uh, it mm. was on special offer so i just picked it up um and it comes with a little uh like Bluetooth keyboard, um, and they just got to plug bits in, put the board in the case, add a few bits, mm -hmm. and then they could do some. It wasn't so much programming; it was sort of introducing you into a few concepts. Like, um, but we didn't get it very far with it. Um, and they do loads of scratch. Um, Where do they do scratch? Is that like part of the curriculum, or just because you set them up with it and they do it on their own? We've done both. I mean, uh, so they've done some. 
they've done some at school. Well, I know when they started doing it at school, we'd already done done some at home. Um, but yeah, they, they started doing some at school. Um, they might have even done some at preschool. I can't remember. I can't remember well, but yeah. Um, but not 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 much. They haven't done loads. Yeah. I feel I I feel a little convicted about not having done any programming with Luke because it's a big part of my life. I think he'd really dig it. I think he'd really like doing it. And um, his school isn't going to be a source for him to learn. Like it's going to have to be driven by me. I'm really just, I don't know if I'm that bothered. Hmm. I did. I mean, when did, did your dad teach you to code? No. What did, what did your dad do for a living? He was a plumber. Did he do plumbing stuff with you for fun? Sometimes. Tried to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure he wasn't teaching you to work out, you know, the mm-hmm. cubic feet per meter of gas pipes or, or whatever. No. I don't know. You know, I just, I mean, I, I, I think it's cool to do, but I mean, if the kids, if I tried it and the kids were interested, I'd be like, okay, cool. Go, mm. go play Roblox. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know. I just think um, and that, uh, t- people don't know. I mean, I don't really think everyone needs to learn to code. I mean, if if they do, they need to learn to spreadsheet. That's all they need yeah. to know. Mm-hmm. You know, if every, if you, everyone could use a spreadsheet, the world would be a better place, or people would be able to do their jobs better. Full stop. Yeah. Do they need to learn to code? Probably not. Um, I don't. I don't think he needs to learn to code. I think that. I think he should. I, I think I'd like for him to at least get that experience. Yeah, okay, to, yeah to see what it's that. like. Yeah, and you know, he definitely shows an aptitude toward problem solving and liking video games and figuring out how they work and how to um, kind of understand the understand how the games are working and you know, especially like Roblox. Um, and Minecraft, you know, learning how like to bend the rules within the systems, and mm. um, I don't know. I, I feel like, yeah, I, I, maybe it is me pushing more on him, but I feel like since I have that desire to teach him, and haven't yet, I guess that's the thing that probably uh, I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I just yeah. mean I don't think you should beat yourself up about yeah having. Well, that's something it. I'm good at doing, beating myself up. So. <laughs> I mean, the other thing with code for me is like, I just don't even know how viable a career it'll be for them by the time they're. What, I mean, they're, what, assuming uh, Luke's same age as Evie, isn't he? And like, so yeah. more than 10, the more than a decade away from probably starting their career if they go to yeah. college for university for us. Um, and, you know, well, no, we'll still need code, don't get me wrong. One of the things that made made our career successful is being that supply and demand problem. In that, there's been a high demand for our skills and a low supply for quite mm. a long time. Yeah, I think the supply is probably starting to catch up now. I might be imagining it. I don't know, but you know, we we all talked about a few years ago. There was the whole programmer sort of meme, wasn't there? About you know how people were when we started getting into code. Well, we were doing it because we had a passion for it when we yeah. discovered it. But then all of a sudden there were people who were getting into it because it was a viable career, less so than having a passion for it and then just falling into it as a career, I guess. Yeah. And in 10 years' time, I don't know, will every Tom, Dick, and Harry be doing it? You know, If they're teaching every kid to code, then I don't know. Yeah. I'm not saying it necessarily be a bad career, but... I don't know if it'll have been as fruitful as it has, probably has been for us. I mean, yeah, but the, the the flip side of that though is if everybody knows how to code, and that's a given. But Luke doesn't learn to code because the school that we're going to doesn't have STEM as a priority. Hmm. That he will be at a disadvantage. I mean, like you're talking about your kids having been learning Scratch since since preschool, and maybe that is just going to be a base level skill in the future. Luke doesn't have that. Yeah, I I understand that. Yeah. yeah, but then the other thing is, you know, you didn't. Maybe learn it won't when, matter. <laughs> well, you didn't learn when you were eight or no. nine or ten, and you still no. picked it up well enough. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you can't be too old to learn how to code. Yeah, that's true. You got Luke could live. Luke's a bright kid. Could probably oh, he'll be seventeen thinking about applying for colleges, and they're like, oh, you don't know how to code. I just say okay, and you could take him away for three weeks, and he'd be writing Python. It's like yeah. You know, Mm-hmm. I don't know, um, but yeah, I, like I'm, I am interested in that because that's what that does make me sort of question the whole. It's not that it won't be a, a viable career; it's just it's not going to be the same, right? I think. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, it's 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 something I worry about for myself. <laughs> what, like you know, I'm I'm not going to be of retirement age for a while, at what point am I going to be a dinosaur and no longer required? Mm. And it's been sort of a given that I have a a nice career and can do interesting things. But, you know, if programmers don't matter as much in 10 years. Well, they will. I think they will matter. I just think. It'll just just be, if it's a different thing where it's not like a, a high paying career where, you know, we can make a living off of it and it becomes more like uh, other careers or other jobs that, you know, people struggle yeah, I, to make rent on. <laughs> it's not going to, it's not going to be good for me. I, yeah, or my family. I mean, so basically, you know, I take I don't know, law. Okay. So solicitors, like that vocation has been around for a long time. Everybody knows you can make a good career out of it. Mm-hmm. So they've sort of got this sort of parity of people who can do it if they want to choose to do it. Whereas I think programming for a long time didn't have that sort of, it's like, it's like the people our age who don't know how to code. Loads of them could have been capable of doing it. It just wasn't on the menu for them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when we when we got into it by fluke, if you like, possibly because we enjoyed doing it in our spare time or whatever, they didn't because they were doing other things, and it was never really a career path at the time. It was like it was becoming so, and people had heard of it, but it wasn't. It's not like they had people in the family, you know. It's not like these four generations of coders. <laughs> well, but there are in others, you know. There is yeah, there yeah, are people there are taking over. Like I, I could have been a third generation plumber. Yeah, exactly, and and there will be for a long time third generation plumbers, yep. and well, never mind third. There'll be dozens of generations, of pl- well, not, not dozens of plumbing, but definitely with solicitors, doctors. Mm-hmm. You know, even though those are high level, high paying jobs, if you like, that we could equate to in terms of coding, can get to those heights. Um. So yeah, so in a few years, when you've got sort of stacked that up a bit. It, there'll just be more competition, I guess. I guess, and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I don't think uh, I'm not even sure my kids would be interested in it anyway. Well, I'll say that I, I know we. I don't think Evie would be. I've no idea what Rowan. Well, Rowan wants to be a zoologist. Um, just re- I, I find it really hard to tell him that it's probably not going to not going to earn much money doing that. It's like. If you want to yeah. do that kind of thing, you've got to like beg people for, to give you enough money just to do something. Never mind, make a proper career out of it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hmm. Well, I think that uh, coming off of coming off of not having done an episode in a while, I think we we could maybe not set the precedent to go too long on this one. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I think that maybe we should call this one quits for now and then see if we can get back on a, a good swing for season five or nine or three or whatever we're at now. Yeah, sure. I, I'm cool. pretty easy. Yeah, nice. probably, you know, we're probably going to go in full lockdown again next week or something silly like that. So I'll be around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Cool. Well, I, I have a lot of stuff that I can talk about from earlier in the year. And hopefully by the next time we record, I'll have more new stuff to talk about, which will be awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I, I've got, I'm, I'm starting something new now as well as another new thing. Uh, so I'm going to start looking at um, day trading as a mm. hobby side project nice. type thing. I just want to learn. 
So I'm I'm going to go for a deep dive with that, and I will report back next nice. time. I think you you had a you had a bot doing some uh, simulation trading back in the day with some cryptocurrencies. Cryptos, right? yeah, I did. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I gave up with that though. <laughs> it just I don't know. It still doesn't seem quite real enough for me at the minute. The crypto was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to stick to more bricks and mortar type stocks and shares and foreign currencies, currency exchange, and that mm-hmm. kind of thing for now. Uh, but cool. I, I will keep an eye on cryptos. But the other thing is, um, there's different tax implications with crypt when you're doing crypto. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would. I didn't get the impression you were doing crypto. Now it just reminded me that. Oh yeah. You had yeah. embarked on a, a automated background day trading sort of thing with crypto and i don't think we ever heard how that went so <laughs> i can't remember I'd... yeah nothing too interesting i guess <laughs> no no nothing worth throwing home with it cool okay. awesome Wait. yeah so i'll speak to you soon i guess Cheers, all right sounds good well we'll call this one a wrap You've been listening to that podcast with Bo and Dave. You can find Bo on Twitter and Google Plus at Bo Simonson and Dave on Twitter at Dave Development. You can subscribe to this podcast and review it on iTunes. If you'd like to review us but don't feel like we've earned five stars, email us so that we can talk about your issues. You can also subscribe to this podcast with RSS from our website, thatpodcast.io. From our website, you can also sign up for our newsletter to get super secret extra content from Bo and Dave sent directly to your inbox. Like the music? You can thank Gorillo for allowing us to sample the track Dust Kingdom for our intro and outro. You can find Dust Kingdom and other tracks by Grillo at grillo.bandcamp.com, spelled G-R-I-L-L-O. 